0: Good uh, afternoon. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, half past twelve in um, on continental Europe. It's still eleven thirty in London, where we are, with Andrew Debenham, who is the is it head of marketing for Europe for Essences it, or can head, you head, head,
1: head of head of sales. So uh, I, I do a bit of everything, but yeah, VP of sales to um, really help our business expand across continental Europe. Um, I've just done a very similar job over in the US so they picked me up and put me into Europe now to try to try and do the same thing over here awesome so so um andrew so as we said um
0: you are um, running important department for essences who so essences are the partner of um, co-working europe one of the partners of um, important partner of co-working europe mm-hmm. and uh, also you have, you are touching with a little bit of everything regarding technology in flexible workspaces. And not since yesterday, but it has been a long journey that you have been through. Uh, first with the traditional business centers and then co-working, that flex workspace. We know that there was this vocabulary also uh, evolving uh, through the years. And the purpose was to go with you um, through some of this technology and also to figure out, oh, to integrate all those technology nowadays. Because um, it's not that we just have a smart locking system and then uh, uh, manage, manage to manage the builds and everything. But as a flex workspace operator, we have to deal with more and more features and technology uh, um, services or, 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 um, or uh, actions that are supported by uh, tremendous new technologies. But at the end of the day, it's like a cockpit of a 747 with all those mm-hmm. tools. and the, the the idea was to to, to, to go through that um, um, topic with you and and see from yourself as an integrator what you see coming up and and how you see that uh, coming so and you are in London with, within the office which is a great yeah it's,
1: it's a rare moment it's certainly not back to normal just yet it's, I'll, I'll record it you know it's, it's April 2021 so I think we uh, According to the Prime Minister, we'll be sort of back to normal-ish. We hope around about June time. Um, the, you know, we can we can still have meetings in the office. I've just had a, an internal meeting, and there are people around, as you can tell.
0: Oh yeah, uh, d- <laughs> uh, did you already have your pint in, in the pub or not yet?
1: Uh, no, that'll be after this call. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay. Uh, I, will, yeah, I won't keep uh, you keep it <laughs> <yeah, fun>. point <please. laughs>
0: <laughs> So, um, but maybe first, let, let's just remind us um, what uh, SNC does and why this. Yeah, sure.
1: So thank you. I mean, we, we are a we're a global company. Um, we founded the business in 2006 um, in the UK, in London, and really around the premise of looking at what is a very complex business model, which is flex office space. Um, flex office space means, as per your earlier comment, typically lots of different systems doing lots of different things. It's very hard to uh, scale a business up, very hard to add more locations as you have more systems, et cetera. And that was really why we set up a census. We... We saw that there was no company at the time doing any form of software integration, single platform stuff. So in 2006, we set the business up. Since then, we've done, we've done uh, amazingly well. We've built all our own all our own software. We're now a public business, we're on the London Stock Exchange, and we've got customers in, I think it's 19 countries now across the world. Um, With our own offices in London, New York, LA, we've now got presence in Paris, looking further afield to sort of the Asia Pacific as well. Um, but what it is we actually do, um, I'll keep it really high level, quite simple, and and I'll probably tell you a couple of things that people might not know about a census. It's a couple of things that we do uh, that that aren't that well known but are very important. So, the way to kind of view us is we have a a product called Flex Services Platform, um, and Flex Services Platform is around if you, i tend to describe it like a, a bit of a pyramid so you have at the top end you've got the kind of occupier experience so a really true digital mobile experience not just within flex workspace but across the building how a user can interact with the space book pay open um services and and really have access to space anywhere so that's at the very top in the middle you have our 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 modular software platform which is a tool for the landlord or the operator or the space provider so they can handle all of their Kind of general day-to-day operations around billing, reporting, infrastructure—they um, can handle that internally. And, and there's a huge amount of analytics that can can be generated from that. And underneath it, which kind of leads into, very often people don't know what this is—a key part to what we do, and it's absolutely unique—is the infrastructure layer. So we actually run our own global private cloud infrastructure, um, whereby we connect every building into our data centers, and so it means we actually have an incredibly powerful thing which we'll i'm sure talk about when it comes to integrations and digitizing the experience and digitizing buildings because we have this underlying infrastructure layer we can start to digitize physical things like doors like printing like lockers like car park barriers etc and um, because we physically connect the building into our into our infrastructure layer um so that's kind of a high level of what we do and then the other thing that people um, perhaps don't know about it's a fairly new thing we've released we've got you know a, a big um, product team tons of developers coders i've got no idea what they do but they're sat behind their computers doing stuff and um, we also as well as our product team we have a, a thing called a census labs um, and labs is all about uh, us looking at emerging technologies uh, a completely separate department um who aren't necessarily uh, kind of Um, held accountable to kind of roadmap and delivery dates their whole mission is to do what we're talking about now which is what technologies are out there what is beneficial to flex workspace and digital buildings Um, and you know COVID in particular has really thrown a spanner in the works for a lot of things but in this context you know things like obviously landlords and operators are looking at air quality now and is that a useful thing that we can look at so that's kind of some of the stuff that we're working on but um that's a, a high level who we are what we do and I, as, as we've said I, I, I head up our european expansion um and part of what it's a final point part of what we are obviously doing is the more countries we add the more translations we do as well so this isn't english only this is this is a platform that is multilingual both at an occupier level and an internal software level uh, maybe let's stay with this
0: example of air quality because it's very contextual and um yeah. so um is it are we know at the level where we, we we you will connect or we will have to connect the air quality sensors to the overall platform and be able to act on it? Um or is it still something that it's um you know um yeah we see we see it beeping beeping uh, uh, on the radar, but uh it's not it goesn't it, it doesn't go further than that.
1: No, so so I think it's um what we've got the, the luxury of what, what we do is quite broad we, we do a lot of things for what is a very complex business around flex workspace and that means there's lots of data points mm. so we have data points today which we report on and we show customers and, and we can show them here and whatever and through the software around wi-fi usage analytics bandwidth usage what types of traffic and um, door access so we start to get a, a few few data points coming in but one of the things that the guys in um, our, our team in a labs are doing are looking at Air quality now is that going to be important for things like meeting room bookings mm. you know, if if, a, if an operator or a landlord or even the occupier themselves can see that the air quality is better here or worse here um is that going to influence how they uh, book certain spaces or not who knows so i don 't think i 've got an answer for your question just yet, but in terms of another data point, then absolutely we're looking at it because guess what the whole world's looking at it at the moment. It is an important thing, and it will be um you know a fundamental change in how we conduct business um so therefore it's it's absolutely the right thing for us to be looking at um same as sensors you know so uh, there are tons of sensor companies out there you know which ones you pick how do you integrate it again we have a a luxury of this infrastructure layer whereby we can take a kind of central controller and we can put it into our infrastructure layer and then any building that is connected to us has access to that so it's that infrastructure as a service layer so um and the reason why sensors are important, as well as air quality, is, is things like people counting. And again, a lot of that is geared around space utilisation, but obviously probably in the short term, hopefully not particularly long term, some of it is around social distancing. You know, can you therefore get a census to square foot, square metres, people counting? OK, there's too many people in the building. We need to do something differently. So I think that that, that might be a short term, hopefully a short term uh, uh, need for it. Uh, and we, we don't need to start thinking about that too um, detailed in the future.
0: And how do do you navigate through this um, um, you know crowd of new proposals and technology startups? So we have been witnessing this this rise of the prop tech scene all over yeah. the globe, and, and in Europe you have every, every country knows as a prop tech association. And you and you you have there a lot of different things that sometimes it's nothing have nothing to do with one another at the end of the day, but uh,
1: no, I, I, yeah, it's it's How do you navigate tough. there? Yeah. So 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 prop tech in particular is um, there are thousands, probably billions, prop tech companies. And to your point, they do they all do very individual things. And I think that, to my understanding about general economics, is that. When you have a new sector, suddenly there's loads of new companies and then there's consolidation and then you have some major players and I think Mm. PropTech's in that phase at the moment. Interestingly, when you look at uh, real estate, commercial real estate, you've got the sort of landlord traditional space up here and you have co-working down here. Now there's niche kind of players like us who have been born out of this world and then you've got a lot of of PropTech companies up here that have sold to landlords around you know HVAC and around air conditioning etc mm. and the two worlds are slowly but surely coming together obviously yeah. as the whole whole building has been put together how, how do we find these these solutions well I think you've got to be open-minded um we go to annoyingly they're all virtual at the moment but we, we do go to a lot of trade shows um and they're a great place to, to meet people uh, and uh, and to find other platforms and obviously we have a, an outbound sales team and and this Asensys labs team who their whole job is to firstly sell the products and then come back with feedback around what else we should look to integrate with and secondly feed it back into our product team
0: Uh, Um, so uh, we have this idea of um, monitor room in a building that is just with security guards and uh, just monitoring the entrance and the parking as you mentioned Uh, are we going to a world where we will have I was speaking about the cockpit but the cockpit for Operating a building, uh, as everything could become digitized or virtual cockpits.
1: Yeah, once, I, I, so. I I don't think we're far from that. You know, we um, you've got to look at the user experience, the user journey. Can you digitize the entire user journey from the moment that user or that company um wants to have access to the space, wants to book, wants to find it? Mm. You can obviously digitize that. Can you then digitize how they pay for it? Yes. Can you then digitize once they've paid for it, can you automate the actual uh, contractual process and the um, access process and the setting up on internet and everything else? And so so we can do that. Um, I think there's always going to be a need, far as I'm concerned, for potentially in lots of buildings for somebody to be locally on site because, you know, that's part yeah. of the service. But But in principle, yes, that's kind of where we're taking it. And it's an obvious thing, right? That's kind of where technology is taking things. I think there's one underlying thing here, though, that is... That is really critical which people tend to overlook it's all well and good you know digitizing and integrating and everything else what about the it's not even the big occupiers so much but but typically what about the larger corporate occupiers because many of those occupiers will have certain security and compliance standards Mm. they say well i can't use that i need to use this or i can't use your internet i need to need to use my own or i can't and so that becomes a hurdle so um you know so it's all well and good being able to integrate and create an amazing user experience but if you don't have the underlying security credentials resilience and um, there was that you know a great example of, of we work two years ago the huge network hack and you know and and that's fundamental otherwise you could do the best automation in the world but maybe mm. only half the building uses it because they're worried about the boring stuff compliance
0: uh, and so, so the, the the purpose of the discussion, uh, um, the title was about uh, digitizing the building. Hmm. Um, I, what haven't we digitized yet in the building? Uh, is there areas where we are still okay? We need we need good old physical service with people, with team, which which might be something good at the end of the day, indeed. Or, um, how do you see that? Um, your department,
1: uh, you say, they are trend watching everything. Um, yeah, I, I think there is, I think what the, the industry is faced with a bit of a challenge at the moment to uh, around digitization when you've got multi use buildings, so when particularly traditional landlords and i'm going to sound really um dismissive of them but they're typically not the most technical Mm. they're property people they're investment people and and typically they'd say well i've got a whole building here and i've got you know flex office there lease space there i've got a gym down here i've got a restaurant here and i've got all this stuff and uh, they say i want it all on a single app you know it's that kind of ultimate digital experience and i think that they and. There's a, they tend to overlook the complexities of doing that. So you might have a completely separate business running the yoga studio, a completely separate business running the restaurant, you probably will. And so suddenly the actual, having the ability to digitize that, it actually gets very hard because you've got different bank accounts to pay, you've got mm-hmm. different systems to tap into. And also I think the other thing is that it's all well and good digitizing uh, and having, you know, the kind of single app, single pane of glass to look through to book everything actually in many cases the single pane of glass is just the phone fact, you know as we i'm stating the obvious point here but i think people tend to get quite wrapped up in i've got to have a single app to do everything but no you can have 10 apps on your phone to do everything um, and ha- how we look at digitizing space is by using near field communication stuff so apple pay sort of thing where you, where you tap Mm. Um, without having to open an app so much of that is around access and, and we tend to look at it from a physical in building experience so um we tend to look at digitization around look if i turn up at the car park uh, i just want to use my phone as my key to open the barrier boom mm. so we can do that if i then go to the turnstile same again tap it and open if i then go to or even before the building I've you know i've used the same mechanism it wouldn't be through us but to do um to access the metro, so it's all that tap, 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 and and that's something that I, the, the, that's something that we're working a lot on, and we've already delivered. Um, even things like um, printing, printing mm. is a pain in the ass <laughs> mm. for a lot of flex providers around the world because of billing and network issues. Um, again, we can solve the network piece because we got the infrastructure, uh, and and the billing and the usability piece, we've been at, we're working on at the moment, which is a labs thing is i just want to print and again i don't want to use a different code i just want my same credentials just to tap it and so we are able to do that with that near field communication thing so i think people people kind of get uh there is sometimes too much digitization within a single app yeah yeah. don't don't get caught up in that but our our stance on it is the kind of the physical journey around the building access car parks printing where can i just tap on things paying for stuff as well that's
0: it. Uh, we are still in the in, in the world with codes and tokens whereas we have everything is in bed in your phone at the end of the day that's what you say yeah and, and how far are, are co-working operators and flexi- flexible workspace operators with implementing that or even um, st- uh, from your perspective
1: well I, th- I think you know there are some great tools out there great software that, that has Gel together a mobile experience plus, you know, the internal software for bookings. I think at the moment, much of it is quite limited to the ability to, um, for a user, to book and pay for a space and maybe open the door at the same time. That tends to be as about as far as the industry has taken it. Mm -hmm. And and even with that, one of the reasons why, for example, we did our own, we've actually built our own access control system not the hardware we use globally recognized stuff but the actual software is because to use an example access control or run the other way flex workspace creates a very very unique challenge for access control systems and what i mean by that is um a user who wants if i was walking past this meeting room now and i just saw it was available i wanted to book it pay for it and open the door at the same time um (laughs) We, we can do that. I'm not, not trying to sort of sales pitch here, but but actually the, the, the reason why we can do that is that this building is connected online all the time back to our infrastructure layer. So mm-hmm. so, the, so the decision to book it, pay for it and open it at the same time is immediate. Um, access control systems, and there are tons of really good ones out there, they're fundamentally offline systems. So a new rule like that, if a user wants to book it and pay for it, that's a brand new rule that the access control system hasn't seen. Mm -hmm. And so what it will do is it will will take 15, 20 minutes for the the databases to sync up. Mm -hmm. And when, when we saw that two or three years ago, we thought, hmm, here's an example where we probably won't integrate with a partner, we'll build our own, because actually we want the user experience to be amazing. We want it to be book, pay, open. Mm. all at the same time so so i think um, most of the co-working industry is, is definitely got you know the apps are out there linking to billing and booking but actually linking to physical infrastructure i think has been a, is is a challenge for for most co-working operators
0: uh, and and why so because of a lack of um, knowledge or a lot of a lack uh. of uh, a physical hardware provision because that's another thing if you are in, in any country you sometimes start with just buying the hardware and yeah, yeah. considering the, the software to, the
1: well, I, well I think there's there's firstly there's you know how much time and money have you got to to invest in what you yeah. need to so there's there's one thing buying the hardware there's another thing actually getting your head around doing the integration so you'll either get a software developer in or not and mm. you know, maybe that will take time and then there's a third thing which i was just talking about which is even when you've done the integration actually was that a smart thing to do so what we recognize when we started doing integrations with for example access control vendors we we saw oh well actually the actual user experience isn't very good so we should probably try and do it in a different way Um, so I think it's just time money cost effort and fundamentally it's like the I think you just had a previous session on them you know do do landlords buy or build or how do they run co-working or not you know and for us it's the same thing around tech you know if most co-working operators are hospitality companies Perhaps they're backed by landlords, so the sort of hospitality slash property, they're generally not tech. Um, and, uh, and and I think also one of the reasons why not many have yet um, sort of solved the whole integration stuff is that, you know, Flex workspace is still a young industry, and the suppliers within that are still quite young. Uh, of- sorry, so to come back on, on a point you raised uh, previously um,
0: about merging of, of the experience and industry focus and um, hmm. Do you see that happening as well now um, with flexible workspaces? Either be that was indeed the the, the panel before um, integrating real estate property owners, or um, the service delivered by a landlord. No, um, it's not about asset management anymore, or as much as it used to be, but more and more about service provision, hospitality, because occupiers are demanding uh, a new experience
1: themselves yeah, I, oh yeah I that's for you yeah. it's, it's tricky right there's, there's a lot of moving parts in that so some landlords the way they're built if they're real estate investment trusts, you know they can't they have to create a separate operating company so it's not as simple as just doing a new product so there's that challenge to overcome um, a lot of this comes down to building valuation fundamentally as you know so you know so if if the valuation's off then occupied demand but i think the more occupied demand that comes the better um because it will just i I, being candid with you i'm talking to the royal institute of and surveyors next week just to understand their thoughts on building valuations because it's got to change at some point so i think as of today many of the smaller private landlords um because they're not reits they they we've we've started working with some in the us and and some in the kind of europe as well are able to just go okay well i've got 10 floors of lease space let's do two floors of flex i think i think many of them if they want to do a full co-working space i think many landlords are still scared by that so they'll partner with mm. another co-working operator but many of them that choose to do more of a kind of a turnkey sort of no tell desk AO type solution it's not as complex in principle um, because you're dealing with one or two tenants versus 30 tenants in a single building, so I think, um, yeah, you know, you've got examples like Heinz in, in the US, and and uh, you know they they chose to partner with Industrious, mm-hmm. um, but that was really about learning. They just wanted to learn the ins and outs of the business model and everything else, and they still will partner with Industrious, but guess what? They'll do their own thing as well
0: because oh, they absolutely. own the
1: whole building, and they're going to do the whole digital experience across the whole building, uh, of which a section of that is flex.
0: Interesting that they came to the conclusion that they will still go f- on their own for, for, for some of the, you know, the, the rollout of the servication of, of,
1: of, of the thing. Yeah, yeah but, I, but I think I, I was t- we were talking to a big, large a large French uh, real estate investment trust last week. And um, I sort of said, I, well, I think at some point every landlord will have some form of flex, whether it's this year or 10 years or 15 years. Of course, it's going to happen. And I think they'll all do it on their own. I think that's there. You think seems, they will I, do, a, do it on their own? Yeah. I, per, personally, I think so, because I, I look at examples where, uh, you know, when they realize the upsides, when they can get their head around the operations, and also when they understand that actually this isn't about free beer and WeWork and loads of companies. This is just about providing a bit more than core and shell um, and charging, you know, double base rents and, and, you know, it's not as operationally complex. It's... In, in your in my mind and in your mind it's not as operationally complex doing a sort of a single tenant kind of service yeah. space to them it still is but i think the awareness that we've seen because we've talked to a lot of landlords over the last 18 months the awareness that we've seen has shot up you know that they, they tend to be quite well educated now and guess what you know the likes of WeWork have got rid of 8,000 staff, so there's a lot of people out there that would say, "I'll, I'll be a consultant. I'll help you yeah. turn this around." So, yeah, we yeah, see
0: popping cool. up uh, small companies with former companies yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> employees. Great job
1: for great job for them. You know, here you go. He's yeah. do me a co-working brand. I've got 10 buildings. Wow, what a what a great job to have.
0: Um, we are having a, at the end of the discussion, and I think we could go for a, f- a few <laughs> yeah, yeah, more sure. hours. Uh, the, the thing about um, also as a sense as a platform, that's what you support is also a kind of multi-vendor uh, mm-hmm. um, system. That that means that in a building you don't. Uh, we've, we spoke about printers. We spoke about integration, tech providers. Um, is, is it where we we can see the different uh, as opposed to just facility management system uh that are in the market as well that you can also support integrate
1: va- outside vendors with the billing system also and and yeah customize things. The, the more the more you get into this again remember i did the kind of landlord and co-working systems and so if you have bms systems up here and, yeah. some, and then you go co- so they are coming together slowly but surely so um so so yeah we, again part of our labs um team that they are looking at building management systems really trying to find the use case actually what use cases are there and how can this be great for the kind of the landlord or the flex space provider um i think in certain cases and i don't want to sound all negative there's always going to be it'll be fine to have a couple of different systems because if they're so polarized anyway and they're doing completely different things i think that's fine but i think um What it comes down to is the single data analytics that you can get, which will help you make decisions about the building. So if BMS plays into that, and if air quality plays into that, Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi utilisation and everything else plays into this, that's where it gets powerful. So I think the the data and the, the result of the data is what will help drive companies like us to go, yes, we'll integrate with the building management system because we can do this and we can present that and we can show... 300 people in this building and they've done this 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 and this and that that's the I think that's the um, the real kind of drive behind doing a lot of integrations is around what data can you get from it as well as ease of use and,
0: and it's funny because uh, listening what to, to what you were saying uh, and you, you mentioned the valuation uh, to some extent tomorrow's real estate, uh, asset managers, and all those people who have to put a price in the building uh, according to the lease they have, the, yeah. you know, the duration of the contract with an occupier, etc. A good old Excel sheet that we know. Yeah, Actually, yeah. if they're not aware of the technology level and the, and the, and the layers that are embedded and the level of understanding of the landlord about how to integrate all that, it can have a tremendous impact on the level of valuation at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, that, yeah well yeah i think so i think that this is the question mark this is the big yeah. question mark i think that obviously in terms of um uh revenues of course it had a great impact and margins fantastic but underlying building valuation is still still a question mark at the moment um yeah and, and 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 because of that many asset managers and landlords are still clinging on to that can we get some leaseholders just as a one, one little story actually we had a i won't say who it was, but about three or four weeks ago, one of my colleagues was um, in Paris and met with a landlord who is just about to finish construction on a building and is um, interested in flex because of occupied demand. So he's, he, he, but he did like a big kind of show and tell of the building, invited some big corporate real estate um, uh, people in to come and have a look at it. And um, they were all very much like, look, office space because of, well, the, the our needs should be like booking a hotel you should tell us what you've got what services you've got and and you know pick and choose internet furniture whatever whatever um and and the landlord apparently just sort of sat there and he went very defensive and like this because he's still clinging on to the nope nope well, you're going to sign a lease with me for 10 years and you are going to do it on your own um and and it's undoubtedly because of you know the, the way the valuation's been set yeah yeah
0: you and all know, those so insurance yeah pension yeah, yeah, an it, insurance company yeah, that's
1: all yeah. the thing yeah yeah so i think if if that unsticks uh then then it's it'll be it'll just go crazy. but um it'll be interesting to see how that how that kind of finalizes in the next couple of years Awesome. cool thank you so
0: much uh, andrew uh for sharing the insights of essences and uh, thank you a lot no, to share. we we are, we plan to have a range of further discussion uh Later later in the, the month of the year, at least. And um, if you want to have more information about Essences um, on Coworking Europe, of course, you are listed in our partners uh, list. And there is also do your virtual booth in the Coworking Europe app for everybody aiming to get more information about, about Essences services and, and product. Thank you so Excellent. much. Thanks, you,
1: been great. Have a great day and have a, and have a great pint. Well, it's one minute past 12 now. It's lunchtime, so technically, yeah. (laughs) Take care. Thank you. All right. See you soon.